That was a good clap. And I think that's how we should start the episode, is affirmations about our claps. That's um, how we sync the podcast. That's how we sync the podcast. Hello, duelists, Yugi bros, Yugi ladies, Yugi they thems. Uh, welcome to Yugi bros, our podcast where we talk about the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters um, uh, animated series. The anime. For, for children. For children. Um, I, okay, so we, I think this like. This podcast we, isn't for children, though, just to be clear about that. <laughs> to be clear, this is not a family-friendly podcast. This is a severely adult podcast. Um, no, it's not really. Uh, I wanted to, so I think we should make the distinction. We are talking about the four kids dub. Everyone already knows that. But the four kids dub is not called Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. It's just called Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters comes from the Japanese release, which had to differentiate itself from the other Yu-Gi-Oh! series that came out before this one. Um, that's the one that's never gotten a real American release. Um, it's... Well, what was that one called? Just Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, just Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, oh. It was, I think, only like one or two seasons. Um, it has really cute animation. I really like it. Uh, and it was from... I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, but uh, Toei... T-O-E-I Animation who I believe also did at least one Ghibli movie, maybe? I don't really remember. But they did the first uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! series, and they also did the first Yu-Gi-Oh! movie, which I think is called Pyramid of Light. Um, cool. And then a different animation studio that I don't remember the name of uh, did Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, um, and that's one of the reasons why it starts off at the uh, duel between uh, um, Yugi and Kaiba, because the first series is more like those sort of one-off game duels that the manga has. It's um, not based off the card game. I, the, I think the card game came with, with the manga. Okay. Like, that's when it started, and it was a similar thing to... I was like reading some stuff about just in general the four kids uh dubbed animes and a lot of it was like America the American business people from four kids went to like conventions and saw Pokemon and were like, oh, that is a merchandising opportunity for sure. And that's how it kind of got brought over here. But the cards were released in Japan, I think, previous to the more the um, anime that more people know. They should do an episode of uh, Toys, Toys from when we were kids, that show or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. But with Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't. Well, there wasn't. It's not really like a toy. Like, I, yeah, it's a toy in that, like, kids play with it and that sort of thing, but it's not, like, a toy, and I think, in that show. They didn't because... do one about Pokemon cards? 
Yeah, but Pokemon has other stuff. Like, they have all of the, like, Pokeballs and all that kind That's of stuff. True. Think about, like, do you, I, there's not a ton of, like, Yu-Gi-Oh stuff for kids besides the dual discs. I think they had, in its heyday, released, like, some tiny figurines that you can get on uh, eBay for, like, $9. Not that I've checked. Uh... But other than that, it, there's, like, not a lot of stuff for kids to play with. Um, I think I, I just want a documentary of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I just finished watching The Last Dance. Oh. About Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And I want to know who the Michael Jordan of Yu-Gi-Oh! is. Yeah. I, I, I think the Michael Jordan is just the guy who made it. I think it's... What's his name? Uh, Kazuki Takahashi, because he's still churning out like Yu-Gi-Oh mangas that are just like spin-offs of the original thing. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. I think right now he has one that's kind of Yu-Gi-Oh-ish, but it's about bicycles. Do they summon monsters? I I don't read it. Uh, I don't really read shonen manga that much anymore. Um, not that there isn't good stuff out there. I just don't have as much time in my life for mangas anymore. Um, well, today we have a two-parter again. We have a two-parter that's actually a three-parter, but we won't get to the third part until next week. Yeah. Um, we're doing the two-parter Double Trouble. Um, Double Trouble Duel. Oh, yeah, Double Trouble Duel. Double Trouble Duel Part 1 and Part 2, um, which has some really interesting card play and some cool stuff in it. And annoying rhyming. Oh, yeah, and some really... Am I wrong in thinking that these the two characters, if we want to just dive in, the Paradox Twins characters that they're dueling, those are kind of Chinese-styled uh, characters? Uh, possibly. They, they give off monk-slash-avatar-the-airbender vibes. A little Tibetan? Yeah. Because that's the... Um... They're also literally named Para and Docs, so... Yes. Para and Docs. They're twins. They rhyme. They love to flip around. And they love labyrinths. Um, this is would have been a great episode for David Bowie to make a guest appearance on. Um, but I guess that's just Pegasus. Um, yeah, if I was a good enough artist, I would draw David Bowie in the Yu-Gi-Oh style, but... I'm not. Probably the closest thing we have to a Yu-Gi-Oh styled person in real life. Just like the hair. True. Um, so the first episode, part one, starts with the gang still trapped behind rocks, trying to uh, get free, but finding that they can't move the rocks, so they're going to have to find another way out. Um, good thing that Bakura has a Millennium item that can basically compass them to other Millennium items. 
So they use that as kind of a way to navigate their path through the um, underground tunnels. Um, and eventually they sort of stumble upon this uh, dual arena underground that is in front of two doors that could lead anywhere. Um, and while this is happening, Pegasus is watching them. Yes, and he says, I love this show in a very meta way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, if Pegasus were in our world, he would enjoy watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Probably because he's in a significant amount of the show. Also because in the show he lives, um, in the manga he full-on dies at the end of this arc. Oh. But in the show they were like, uh, we can't do that, so he's gonna stay alive and be a good guy now. Cool. Yeah. We uh, also are showing what's up with Mokubo, which he's mm -hmm. in a pretty fucked up situation. Yeah, he's chained in a dungeon underground, and he's sad. And I think this is actually the one of the first episodes where we get to see the Kaiba Brothers lockets that are yeah. basically dual monster cards, but with each other's picture in it from when they were kids. And we get a little backstory on those two, which is, one, their parents died, and they were sent to an orphanage. Um, and while they were at the orphanage, Seto basically said that he would protect and be with Mokuba forever. Which I'm sure is, it, is it's not going to give anybody a complex. Is this a Batman thing where his parents were both murdered? Or I don't, they don't actually ever talk about how their parents died. They also never say what their last name used to be. Um, because Kaiba is the last name of the guy who adopted them. I think it was Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. It was Seinfeld. Jokes. I don't have like a sound effect to play like the bass riff. Yeah, that's that's most of the episode of the flashback is just kind of Mokuba being like, Kaiba, you promised me. He yeah. just kind of says that like a bunch of the time in this episode. Well, it's kind of like it's. So Mokuba is reflecting on his brother always kind of being there for him when they were kids. Um, even I think the biggest thing is even though Kaiba was like very smart and had kind of, I don't know if this, I don't think this goes too far into part two, but even though Kaiba had a lot of opportunities to get adopted and get out of the orphanage because he was very smart and I guess adoptable, yeah. uh, he always refused because he was like, only if you take my little brother. Um, which I guess most parents were like, oh no, your little brother sucks. Uh, but yeah, they stick together. And I think it's kind of drawing a comparison point to how Kaiba is behaving now, which is a little, he behaves a little more selfishly then I think Mokuba kind of wants or needs him to behave. Right. Yeah. It's definitely showing uh, that Kaiba has compassion. He has compassion. It's just sort of hidden away. Um, and it takes 
sort of Mokuba being in this dire situation for him to remember that he has a little brother to protect. Uh, and we find that out because at the same time that Mokuba is reminiscing, Kaiba is also reminiscing as he makes his way to the castle. Um, but enough about the Kaiba brothers. Yeah, let's talk about this double duel that's about to happen. They're doing the tag team duel. I... Sam, did you... Have you ever watched uh, Japanese wrestling? Uh, Not directly. I watched it through the lens of another show. Okay. So, Japanese wrestling is like every character in those matches is like a Yu-Gi-Oh protagonist or antagonist down to the costumes. Cool. And so it was really cool. It's really cool that they have literally a tag team duel in this because it feels a lot like tag team wrestling match. Yeah, a lot of a lot of new things get introduced in this episode like that. And somehow summoning a labyrinth card will completely change the rules of the game. Yes. Um, well, and it's also exciting because I think we had mentioned the Labyrinth card before and now they're actually using it in a duel. Yes. Uh, so basically what is happening is that Para and Docs, the Paradox twins, won't let Yugi and his friends pass until one, they win a duel, and two, they have to guess which is the correct door to go through to get out of the maze. One door leads to more maze, and one door leads right out of the cave or tunnel or wherever they are. They're underground. Yeah, um, the elimination style is if one person on one team loses their big life points or whatever, then the whole team is lost. Yeah, so basically. It's not, it's not like double elimination or anything. Nope, it's... Just like a wrestling tag tag team match, if one person on a team gets pinned, you forfeit. You don't you don't win. Uh, these these guys reminded me of. Um, I hate to make the comparison to Pokemon, but now that I'm thinking about it, the the eliminators that Pegasus has, or whatever they're called, mm -hmm. they're basically gym leaders. Um, Pokemon. A little bit, but I feel like gym leaders are more like they want more people on their team. Yeah, and they're more themed to like types, where yeah, this this doesn't really have a type. It's just kind of like we have a maze. Good luck. Yeah, like I've never seen the Pokemon um, anime, but from what I've seen of like when people play the actual game gym leaders kind of remind me of like camp counselors almost yeah a little bit uh whereas eliminators are like they do not want you at this camp and they're gonna kick you out um yes but i do see where you're coming from in that the sort of Yu-Gi-Oh duelist gimmicks feel a little more feel kind of like um the gym leaders having specific Pokemon types that they use. Right. Um, the whole gimmick thing is why I like, compare Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot to wrestling, because it's very much 
like they have a theme and they are going to stick to that theme. And it's always, it's also like part of their gimmick is intimidating their opponents. Um, kind of like in wrestling, part of your gimmick is like having a very scary entrance that makes your uh, opponent like afraid um, or st stuff like that being menacing. That's kind of like the different uh, Yu-Gi-Oh antagonists and protagonists have things about them that they are doing specifically to throw the other person off their game. Like my pretending that she's psychic. Right. Um, these guys rhyme and do cool flips. These guys rhyme. They do cool flips. They also... Um, I don't remember who brings it up, but it's either Yugi or Joey, who are the two duelists who are opposing the Paradox Twins, um, asks how the heck they're going to tell uh, which door they're supposed to go through once they win the match. And the Paradox Twins basically say, we'll give you a hint. Um, you can at, you'll have to ask us but one of us only tells lies and one of us tells the truth. So they're also kind of playing off this like, hmm, mysterious, you don't know what our um, objectives are going to be. Right. Uh, and then Joey remembers a riddle. Yeah. He remembers a riddle about if you come to a fork in the road that goes a two, a two pronged fork. Um, and you ask a guy which way to go. What was it again? I just there's remember like it's like there's two villages or something, and one has liars, and then there's a guy in the fork of the road, and you have to ask him where to go, and he has to tell you the truth or something. It was it was dumb. It was yeah. It's a bad it, yeah. It's bad. I just remember that he is said... also like Joey. You're an idiot. There's two of them instead of one. Your riddle doesn't work here. Okay, but they it both takes, could be lying or something. It takes Yugi a minute to figure that one out. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of like when your friend is convincing you to do something that's not a good idea, but for a second yeah. they've got you. Like, well, I guess. No, wait a second. There's two people. <laughs> And also, we're not going to Truthsville or Liarsville, which I believe yeah. is the two villages that are in Joey's parable. Um, Joey then says, my brain hurts. And then I think Tristan tells him, don't worry about it, Joey. Or, or Yugi says that. Okay. <laughs> so, in the background, Bakura... Tristan and Taya are having a conversation where they're like, oh, they're going to go after the weaker dueler. And Tristan immediately is like, oh, they're going to go after Joey. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's so mean. He just won a hard duel. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, But the first person to make a move is Yugi. And he puts out Beaver Warrior, who's adorable. Which but, is a rat, not... It, it's more of a rat. I don't know why it's called Beaver Warrior. It's not... It doesn't look like a beaver? Or is it, it has a rat tail. 
I didn't notice its tail. So I pay uh, attention to these things. Well, yeah, you're paying attention to that, and I'm thinking really hard about the Kyber brothers and what it means that they were in that orphanage. Yes. Uh, so so you should, we should describe how the labyrinth works and how it changes. So it's yes. basically a new board. Yes, so the labyrinth card turns the dueling arena into more of like a game board. Um, it sets up a bunch of walls that the your monster cards have to walk between. Um, and the number of spaces they move is related to their, um, what is it? Their, like, I have... Power a, level? Yeah, their power the level. Stars. So however many stars they have, that's how many spaces they can move forward. Um, but... The Paradox Twins have also played a card called Wall Shadow, I think is what it was called. Yes. That... Well, I think it's... Yeah. Which which they combine with the maze. Yes. Um, and when combined with the maze, the Wall Shadow can pop out of any wall and attack um, the opponent's card, which is what happens. Uh, the Wall Shadow pops out and basically destroys... Beaver warrior, uh, leaving not but a rat tail behind. Yeah, so then Joey decides to place his card. Uh, is it Axe Warrior or something? Axe Raider. Axe Raider. Yeah. He places it away from the walls of the maze so it cannot immediately be destroyed. Yes, he plays it um, outside the labyrinth, and everyone's kind of like, wow, that was actually pretty smart move oh joey you're not dumb yeah um and while everyone's marveling over the fact that joey's played a smart card uh the paradox twins play a card that puts a giant fucking tank into the labyrinth that is slowly moving toward uh their opponent's side um to smash them up yes and huey then summons uh the one that looks like Link. Elf? Elf something? Uh, Celtic Warrior. Celtic Warrior. Yeah, Celtic. he summons Celtic Warrior, uh, which is in danger of getting attacked by the Wall Shadow. But in his previous turn, Joey did place a card face down on the field, which turns out to be a trap card. Uh, Kunai with Chains. Yes. And Kunai with Chains destroys Wall Shadow. And everybody is very excited because Joey's actually playing uh, strategically. Well, it's a good, like, they show a good team effort because they kind of show uh, Joey's axe warrior or whatever, use the kunai to trap the shadow wall beast or whatever, and then the uh, Celtic Guardian kills it. That was a nice... Uh, it just looked cool. Yeah. It's it's a definitely a good show of why of how Yugi and Joey can work really well together. Um, and it's also showing that Joey's skills as a duelist have like gotten way better as he's been in this uh, competition. Um, it appears that his last duel with Bones has actually like taught him to be like, 
oh, I need to think about ways in which I can enhance my monsters through trap cards and also look out for my friends. Um, and like, I wonder if part of it is in that tag team, he has more motivation to do that because he's working to protect somebody else, um, which is kind of one of Joey's main things uh, that he likes to protect his friends and uh, support them, um, which is, I don't remember if it, I don't think it shows as much in this duel unless you're looking really close, but it's not really a strength of Yami Yugi's to look out for his friends in duels. He's a very single-minded duelist. Um, so I think you'll notice that he's not as quick to protect other cards. Um, anyways, I love to talk out of my ass for a little bit about Yu-Gi-Oh! So it's a good thing that we're on a podcast where that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, and I think that's the end of that episode. Yes. That sounds right. Yes. Thank you for We're letting me part talk. Two. <laughs> it has talked for so long. Uh, so Seto's walking up to the castle. And, and he finds a uh, Kimo? Kimu? Yes, he and sees Kimo. Pointy, pointy hair guy. Yes, who attempts to uh, grab him, but kind of punches him. And it's like a pole sound. Uh, like yeah, Kaiba decks him. Kaiba decks him, and the sound effect is like... Have you ever watched The Simpsons where uh, Sideshow Bob steps on the rake? Yes. That's what. That's like the sound effect that it makes. Like, Kimo got hit in the face with a rake, but instead he got punched. Fun fact, The Simpsons use the same sound library as Yu-Gi-Oh! That is a fun fact. Um, I would like to hear on Yu-Gi-Oh! the Wilhelm scream, but... I think a... they played that in an episode, didn't they? That we watched? I don't remember the last episode where someone got, like, thrown off of a cliff, but I will... I'm sure we'll hear it again. Yeah, we gotta. Uh, yeah, but Seto basically decks him, wrestles him to the ground, um, and as I was watching that, I was thinking about how... There's very little physical combat with combat with Seto in the manga, and I wonder if part of that is the fact that in at least the four kids dub, they're not really they can't have as much, um, they can't have like guns and stuff. Yeah, because he generally uses guns to threaten yeah, people. Yeah, but kind of strong arms, emo or whatever, and. My thought was like, oh, in like the not kids version, he's probably holding a gun to his back or something. Yeah, he yeah. I don't know about in like the original anime, but I do in the manga. He's he uses a lot of guns to get what he wants, um, which kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't think he's very buff at this point. Uh, he does get buff though. Eventually, just not right now. Um, meanwhile, in the labyrinth duel that's still going on, 
Uh, Joey is playing Flame Swordsman. Yes. And I think Yugi plays Dark Magician. Yes, and so they are um, going into the Labyrinth, and it's going to be double power because it's the two friends. Um, There's also uh, the Parahour Docs, or one of them, plays a spider card that's like hidden. Yeah. I don't remember if that was this episode or the last one, but that's, it's, it's this episode. that's waiting somewhere in this labyrinth. They play another trap card that um, Axe Raider steps on that's called Landmine Spider. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Is this before or after they shift the labyrinth around? Um, I think the Landmine Spider comes after they shift it around. Um, so they put the they play the landmine trap card, and then uh, use another card to shift the labyrinth walls around, which completely change where everybody is at. Do you uh, think they made these guys twins because it's easier to like draw them? They just have to like change the color of their clothes. Uh. I don't know. I think it might just, I think it might just be a a gimmick, because I'm thinking like in the manga where I'm pretty sure these dudes are also in. Um, there wouldn't be any color, but it would be easier to draw. I think it's just like a staple of a lot of like shonen battle, anime oh. manga stuff where there you have to fight twins at some point. This is also a thing Kojima does in his games, but I won't go into that. Okay, we... what would Kojima's Yu-Gi-Oh look like? That's that's kind of something for another day, I guess. Hmm. Um, so Landmine Spider destroys Axe Raider. And uh, to kind of counteract that, Yugi uh, gets the idea... Yami Yugi gets the idea to play uh, what is Magic Box new card we haven't seen yes um and another magician style card to play with dark magician um and with this card two boxes appear on the field one box appears around um dark magician and that box fills with uh swords and then another box appears i think by flame swordsman yes that has no swords in it and um, the <laughs> the paradox twins are like, oh my god, there's boxes on the field. What's in those boxes? <laughs> like they are, which they later summon boxes themselves, kind of. Yeah, but these are boxes they don't know about. So, yeah. I it it show it does show that when the mysteries are not under their control, they're a little more freaked out. Mm. Um. However, when the two magic boxes open, the magic box that has no swords in it, that's where Dark Magician is. Whoa, whoa, what's in the other box? Uh, what's in the box? I'm very What's sorry. funny is uh, when they open this other box, you would assume it would be like this spider or whatever, but it's a card version of the spider, which I yeah. thought was funny. It's a card version of the spider. And because they clearly didn't want to draw the spider being stabbed by a bunch of 
No, that would be too gross. Yeah. Uh, not that, like, they are shying away from gross imagery in this episode, considering the next card that gets played. Uh, but before that, I did want to mention that when the Paradox twins see the spider card all stuck with swords, uh, they go, aye! Uh, which is my favorite, like, cartoon shocked sound. Yeah, which they don't rhyme with anything. They don't rhyme with anything. They're just like, aye! Our spider card. That was our favorite card. Um... And as they're IEing, we're going to switch back to Seto Kaiba, who has forced Kimo to let him into the uh, castle where they're walking through the dungeons. And Kimo's basically um, implying that Pegasus knows that Kaiba's there. Yeah, and that he needs. Uh, he would, Kaiba would get lost in these. Dungeons or whatever, if he didn't have Kimo or whatever. Yeah. Uh, kind of doing some pretty heavy foreshadowing, like, hmm, would be pretty, would be a pretty big bummer if you got lost in these dungeons, right? Wonder if Pegasus knows that you're in these dungeons that you could get lost in. Yeah, and we're cut to Pegasus uh, with his head of security telling him that Kaiba's close which in the last episode Pegasus already knew that Kaiba was on the island which I thought was funny that Pegasus just kind of dunks on this guy yeah Pegasus is like why did I hire you and you're yeah. kind of like why did you hire him <laughs> you have right. a magic eye that like sees everything it's weird that you were like oh, I need some guy in a suit I can dunk on but who I can... think Pegasus just likes telling what people what to do. Yeah, I think he's just a rich guy who likes to dunk on people. Yeah. Uh. So. Do we get another flashback? Um. As I think, as Seto's walking down there, he's kind of remaining extremely uh, resistant to foreshadowing, and is just just kind of like. Yeah, it would suck if I got lost down here, but I'm not going to get lost down here. And also, I don't care if Pegasus knows I'm here. That's fine. I hope he knows I'm down here because I want to duel him. Uh, because I don't know if you knew this, but um, Seto Kaiba has tunnel vision toward the only thing that he wants, which is like whatever is in front of him, he wants it. Yeah. Uh, and he does not see any sort of warning signs around that. Um, and I think we just get a quick flashback to him and Mokuba at the orphanage. Um, I think this might be uh, a flashback of him uh, saving Mokuba from some bullies who are trying to take Mokuba's toy. Is this um, the one where, where Mokuba says when all the other boys were adopted one by one I just thought it was a funny song. yeah all those boys were adopted one by one and everybody wanted to adopt Kaiba who was a yeah. genius and I was like I don't know if that's hmm um 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll get more into their weird adoption story later. In the meantime, there's then something... Kaimo runs off anyway in, the, in this maze or whatever. And that's the last we see of, him of, the, of this episode. Well, I think that happens later. Oh, okay. I'm I'm only saying that because I write my notes in order of what's happening. And I have oh, okay. a, a quote from I have actually two two quotes from that particular scene because I thought they were funny. Um but underground I think there's also stuff happening. Um one of those things that ha that is happening is actually three things where it's a combo card that's gonna get played. Yes. Um, so there's three cards that the Paradox Twins want to play so that they can create a um, mega card called uh, the Gate Guardian. Um, but while they're cooking that up, you know, laying the cards down, they also release a card called Dungeon Worm, which is the most disgusting card that I've seen in this show so what far. It makes a strange noise. Ugh, it's so gross. It's like pulsating, and it's like wet. And then they it play... looks like it's from the movie Dune, I think. It looks like a tapeworm. Or tremors. A little yeah. tremory. It kind of looks like a graboid. Uh, it's like a tapeworm or something. It's very gross. They also play a card called Monster Tamer, which I think increases the attack power of the Dungeon Worm. Yeah, I wrote down Monster Tamer, racist question mark. Oh, this this whole <laughs> slew of episodes is like very questionable. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it's not. I would not say it's one of Yu-Gi-Oh's better hours. No, it's not. Mm -mm. Uh, but for that question mark, I would say seconded question mark yes. on the racist. It was That's not... That's good, because I wrote two question marks. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, <laughs> anyways, Yu-Gi plays magic hats. <laughs> Another magic trick. Yeah. It explains what it does again. Well, what if some kid missed the episode where he played it before? That's true, and they're on a maze now. They're on a maze now. So he plays magical hats. Um, it shifts all the uh, creatures around. Uh, not before Dungeon Worm does eat a Celtic Guardian, unfortunately. Uh, which is that it looks very grisly. Um, he plays magic hats. Uh, Dungeon Worm bursts through one of the empty hats. And while this is happening, another of the Gate Guardian uh, cards is laid down. Um, and they appear on the field as sealed boxes. Yes. Uh, that Taya calls Chinese boxes. Um... And uh, before they play the next card, Joey plays a magic card in um, combination with Flame Swordsman called Salamandra, 
that one i think it it gives away the position of his flame swordsman right i might be remembering this wrong but basically yeah uh Basically, he plays the card, so it gives away where he is on the field. Uh, but when he plays that card and the dungeon worm attacks, it gets burnt up because it can't. it's weak to fire spells. Yeah. It basically kills the dungeon worm. Um, but unfortunately, that does not stop the Paradox Twins from playing their last card... Uh, which means that they are able to unite their three cards, um, as Yami Yugi says, uh, the Trinity. Yes, which I wrote is down the Trinity. The tri- <laughs> I'm so glad we both wrote down the Trinity. <laughs> uh, and he says that it's related to Exodia. Yes. Um, basically, the three cards uh, assemble sort of Voltron style into the Gate Guardian, which, since it's three cards, has the power of all three cards combined. And our heroes... They each represent an element, I think. Yes. Uh, it was wind, um, earth, and then I don't remember what the third one is. Lightning? Yes. I'm saying... Or water? Mm, I don't know. Water, wind, fire? I don't know. It's red, green, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> Some Avatar shit. It's very Avatar. Um, and um, it looks like our heroes are in a bit of a pickle. Yes. Because they don't have any monsters on the field right now that are strong enough to take it, on, take it head on. Um, as Joey says, uh, the flame swordsman is about to flame out. Yeah, I also wrote a quote from, I think it was Bakura, when Tristan tried to uh, say everything's going to be okay. He says, thanks for cheering me up, mate. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Yeah, so interesting cliffhanger there. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Yes. Um, and so while that's happening... Kimo and Seto are in the tunnels. Um, the two quotes I have are Seto's getting upset that it's taking so long to walk around in these dungeons. And he says, I told you to take me to Mokuba, not on a tour. <laughs> I'm like, why are you being... I don't... I that One of the reasons why I really, really enjoy Seto Kaiba as a character, is they just kind of throw a lot of one-liners onto him, kind of the same way that, like, Joey has a lot of the one-off funny lines. Uh, but they're always, they always seem misplaced because he's always in intense situations. Yeah. Uh, and I also wrote down the quote that Kimo uh, calls Kaiba Slim. <laughs> he's like, listen, Slim... Listen, I guess this Slim, is... check out the gift card area of this tunnel. Yeah. He's like, listen, Slim, I know you think you beat me, but I just let you beat me so that we could get this far into the tunnel. And then he sets off an alarm and runs off, leaving Kaiba basically stranded in the tunnels 
for when more guards come to get him and or I guess Pegasus comes to get him and Kaiba sets off running to go find Mokuba. He's got to be somewhere. Um, and that's where we're left at the end of this three-part duel. Um, I think in the next episode, they're going to get more into how to defeat the Gate Guardian and we'll also see the Kaiba brothers hopefully uh, reunited. Some, some multiple dualities going on in this episode. Yes. There's a lot happening. It's very exciting. Um, the plot is moving forward. There's going to be so many more duels, so many more cards. Um, and speaking of cards, uh, we asked people on Twitter to tell us what cards they would like the most. Um, and we got a few answers. Um, one answer we got um, is about a card that we kind of want to talk about, which yeah. is the card Pot of Greed. Um, mentioned, mentioned before on the podcast. Mentioned before on the podcast and also mentioned by, um, I think I'm going to say your friend's name wrong, but Pete Galbraith? Did that I do sounds that? right. Okay. Um, who said that the card that um, the card that they want most is Pot of Greed. If I had it, I could activate it, allowing me to draw two more cards from my deck. Now, the important thing to know about Pot of Greed is that in actual uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! the card game uh, tournaments, this card is banned. Um... Now, you might be saying, wait, I've seen people play Pot of Greed. Well, you probably haven't. There are um, several different types of Pot of Greed cards. Um, the There are cards... There are several different Pot of Greed cards um, because the original um, Pot of Greed card is too overpowered and doesn't is too broad of a card that if you played it it would almost certainly allow you to win because it sort of unlimitedly allows you to draw two cards from your deck um so to combat that in the actual card game they have banned the original card but you can play several different um, spin-off types of the Pot of Greed card that put either that either put restrictions on it or basically sort of limit the times when you can play it. Yes, I'm also banning this card as an answer <laughs> on our show. Uh-huh. So if we get Pot of Greed as an answer for any of our other card questions, I will directly reply tweet. Uh, shut the fuck up. Oh, okay. Can you do right. it? There you go. Can you do it, but as like a meme where it looks like Yugi is saying that? Oh yeah, I'll 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 find a good picture of Yugi yelling. Okay. Um, I actually saw a very funny post the other day on um Tumblr, which I still use, 
uh, because I like parts of the internet that are fun and nice, and that's not Twitter, so still on Tumblr. Uh, but I did see a post that said there are two ways that you could make Yu-Gi-Oh better. Um, one way is that Seto Kaiba can say fuck, or the second way, which is every character except for Seto Kaiba can say fuck. <laughs> that's good. I actually... You should, you should post that bong of greed. I yeah. There's a sticker on Etsy. <laughs> it's a bong. It's bong of greed, and it looks cool as hell. Um. Uh, but we did get other answers that were not bong real of answers. greed. Yes, real answers. We have an a uh, card from uh, is a Santa Freeman who posted the card that they would want is uh. The Sh- Shiba War- Warrior Tarot? Taro? Yeah, this is an interesting card because it has a signature in the bottom right. Yeah. Um, which pro- probably means that. it's pretty, it might be a little bit rare. I know that the cards with signatures are um, more expensive and more uh, collectible. Um, and this is a Beast Warrior type card. And it's a cute um, Shiba dog, which we yeah. haven't seen a lot of cute cards. Yeah. No, we haven't, but uh, we will pretty soon um, because that's kind of um, Pegasus's card, his deck gimmick, um, which not to uh, spoil it, but I did read ahead. And in the next episode, I believe that Kaiba and Pegasus duel. Um, but you'll see uh, that's uh, part of Pegasus's um, deck gimmick. Uh, as a hint, I will say, look back at what his favorite thing to read is. Yes. Um, we also got a reply from someone named James Logan Stevenson Third, which this card that they would want is Supreme King Z-Arc. Uh, it looks like some kind of dragon from Final Fantasy. Yes. Um, well, and it also looks like this card is kind of like Gate Guardian, a card that can only be summoned when you're playing four other cards on the field. Uh, so yeah, It's got some crystals and shit on it, which is... Not something I've seen on a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yes. Um, so this is probably... I mean, I don't... Every time I say probably, it's because I'm not quite sure. But I would imagine this is a card that was created um, during one of the later series of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, where more rules are introduced, new types of cards are introduced. Um, the further down the line you get with Yu-Gi-Oh!, the more and more... Uh, you know, twists and spin-offs and different types Wild. of ways that you can duel yeah. are introduced. Um, but this is a fusion-type card, so you can only uh, play it when you have particular t- cards in your deck or on the field that will fuse correctly with it. Um, and of course, there's us, the hosts, and what cards we want. Yes. Um 
Sam, what if you could have any Yu-Gi-Oh card? What what one would you want? Mine's pretty typical. Uh, I like to have cards that pair up well. Mm -hmm. You know, like I have uh, I have Red Eyes Black Dragon, and I have Summon Skull. And I have their fusion, Red Eyes Black Skull, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so I would like Dark Magician Girl. That is one of the ones I saw that I didn't realize was such a rare card. Yeah, it's also pretty rare, and I've never seen it in person. Yeah, I think there are only so many that were made, so it's a pretty rare card to get. Um, Which we also haven't seen in the show yet. Not yet, uh, but I do love Dark Magician Girl. Um, she's great. I would like to stop seeing so many uh, boob mouse pads of her when I try to search Yu-Gi-Oh! merch on eBay, but hey, I guess I can't control what people want. Are there any ass mouse pads of regular Dark Magician? No, but I think that would be good. Um, yeah. I did see one... I did see a Kaiba one that wasn't... It was like in the shape of the boob mouse pads, but yeah. instead of boobs, it was two blue eyes, white dragons. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it was his balls. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, I didn't want to think about Seto Kaiba's balls, but now that's in my head. Cool. Paul uh. James, what's, what's the card <laughs> you would like? Uh, so the card that I would like is actually, um, I looked on, like, a bunch of lists of, like, what the most rare cards were, um, and, um, this one was one, one of the ones that came up a lot, which makes sense, but I would love to get the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, uh, which is actually the card that, uh, Kaiba plays in the first duel, which is... The cards you play when you have three blue eyes white dragons and you fuse them together. And then you can play blue eyes ultimate dragon. It's um, sick. sick as hell. Um, on the article that I read, it said that it is the price is at um, $400,000. It was originally a, a lot of the more rare cards are rare because they were um, prizes in tournaments. Yeah. So the only way you could get them is either if you won that tournament or if you purchase it later for that very uh, tall price. Um, but according to the article, the reason why it's so expensive is because it comes with a um, backing that is signed by the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh! Whoa. So... It looks really cool. Um, if I already have two Blue Eyes White Dragons, um, if I got one more and then I had Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon, I could really uh, destroy some noobs and that would be really cool for me personally. Did you know there's variants of this card? Uh, no, I didn't, but that doesn't surprise me. There's a Neo one and there's an alternate. Alternative. alternative ultimate dragon alternative ultimate dragon 
Um, I also, I, I know we're running kind of long on this episode, but I was re-listening to our first episode, and in it I said that I wasn't really the kind of kid that would like go watch the Yu-Gi-Oh anime, even though I was told not to. And that made me kind of sound like a big nerd. And I did want people to know that I did read and watch anime behind my parents' backs that I wasn't allowed to. So don't worry about it. I'm cool. Um, my mom banned me from reading Death Note. Um, so I would wait until my friend rented it from the library and then go over to her house and read it at her house all in one sitting. Yeah. Um, maybe next episode I'll tell everybody how I um, created a master plan to be able to watch the Death Note anime that I wasn't allowed to watch. It was a weirdly complex plan. Um, Sounds like a fun story. And mm -hmm. we'll uh, also tweet out another card question for the next episode. What yes. do you think of it? We'll tweet out our card question. We'll tweet cool memes. Um, but in yes, order follow to follow us at the Yugi Bros podcast, yeah, you got to follow our Twitter account at Yugi Bros Podcast. Um, if you want to answer our question, our card question, or maybe you want to tell us a fun Yu Gi Oh story of your own, uh, you can also email us at yugibrospodcast at gmail.com um, We also want to say thank you to Jocelyn Reyes for making our theme music. It rules. Um, we want to thank you for listening, duelists. Uh, and I think that's going to be it from us. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. See y'all next time, duelists. See you later, duelists.